Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, evening. and welcome, folks, to another episode of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. 
Robert Jones, Ph.D., from the College of William and Mary, the alma mater of Thomas Jefferson, none other than. Well, as you as you probably already know, Gruber Gruber was on on center stage in front of Congress this morning. Got a serious tongue lashing from both Democrats and Republicans. Wow. And uh to his credit, he was humble. He didn't do the uh the old um if the optimum word is if if I offended anyone I apologize if he didn't do that. I found him to be stand up. He called the American people stupid for not understanding economic issues. And I quite agree. We don't spend enough time monitoring what's going on in the political arena. We don't spend enough time learning about the political process. How many of you know how many amendments are in the Constitution? I would wager not many. How many of you know how a bill gets turned into law? Yes, we learned a lot from Schoolhouse Rock. How many of you actually watched Schoolhouse Rock as a kid? Like I did. I'm not saying I understood it, but I did watch. Far too many times I've spoken with friends, family, associates, and been told, well, you know, I'm not really into all that. I'm not really into it like that. I'm not really, you know, I just I just go to work and, you know, take care of my kids. And I'm really not, it's not that serious with me. How many times have you heard that from your friends, family, relatives? How many times have you said it? But you should know what's going on. You should know what's happening. In terms of your government, it affects your everyday life. Everything they do affects you. It's a trickle-down thing. But it does affect you and your life. So why not pay attention to the process, the political process of which you and I are infinitely linked? Now, yesterday we left the show with the narrative being more important than the truth. The idea that the narrative, that the greater story was more important 
than the truth. Than the behind-the-scenes machinations. Okay. Now, how many of you, like me, were raised to believe that Rosa Parks was just a a weary seamstress who got on the bus, on her way home, tired. Her feet hurt. She's on her way home. And some uppity white person said, nigga, get up. Give me your seat. And Rosa, being tired, from working hard all day long, said, no, not going to do it. Whisked off to jail. Next thing you know, black folks are all up in arms because Miss Mulatto Rosa Parks was upended off her seat and tossed in the hooskow. Not the way it happened. But that's what we were taught. That's what we were taught as kids, 52 years old. I believe that Rosa Parks was a hero. But that's not what happened. That's not the the real story. Take a listen. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Earlier this year, the nation marked the 100th anniversary of the birth of Rosa Parks, who refused to give up her seat on a city bus in Alabama to a white man in December 1955. Her act of resistance led to a 13-month boycott, the Montgomery bus boycott, uh, led by a young minister named Martin Luther King. In Washington, D.C., last month, President Obama presided over a ceremony unveiling a statue of Rosa Parks in the U.S. Capitol. Rosa Parks' singular act of disobedience launched a movement. The tired feet of those who walked the dusty roads of Montgomery helped the nation see that to which it had once been blind. It is because of these men and women that I stand here today. It is because of them that our children grow up in a land more free and more fair, a land truer to its founding creed. While Rosa Parks became a national civil rights icon, she was not the first woman in Montgomery to refuse to give up her seat on a city bus. On March 2, 1955, nine months before Rosa Parks' arrest, a teenage schoolgirl named Claudette Colvin boarded a city bus after school to head home. As it filled up, a white woman was left standing, and the bus driver ordered the 15-year-old Colvin to get up and move to the back. She refused and was dragged off the bus in handcuffs. Three weeks later, the New York Times ran an article headlined, Negro Girl Convicted. She is held guilty of refusing to move to the back of the bus. Claudette Colvin went on to become the star witness in a case that wound its way to the Supreme Court. The court eventually ordered an end to bus segregation in Alabama. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made his political debut fighting her arrest. Claudette Colvin joins us here in our studio now, 73 years old, living in the Bronx. And we're joined by Jean Theo Harris, author of The Rebellious Life. All right. 
How many of you know the name of Claudette Coven? How many of you have heard of Claudette Coven? None of you. None of you. And the reason is because she was overshadowed by an actress. A stand-in. person waiting in the wings. Rosa Parks worked for the local NAACP office. Claudette was... Well... Claudette didn't fit the narrative. Let's just put it that way. We learned some things. Rosa Parks was not the first one to say, I'm not sitting in the back of the bus. But, of course, our president, being the genius that he is, he's so smart. He's so well-read. He's the smartest guy in the room. That's what everybody says. A lot of folks say. A lot of folks who love his act. They say that. Her act was not singular, Mr. Obama. Genius. Do you know, Mr. Obama, who the first one was? And she was not selected because the NFL says that we couldn't sell it. We couldn't sell her. She's too black. She's black as ace of space. This wasn't a spontaneous thing, folks. It doesn't make it bad. <laughs> it's still good. But the first spontaneous one was a 14-year-old girl. A 14-year-old girl. She was unmarried, she was pregnant, and she just had it. And she said, no, I'm not going to sit in the back of the bus. She said it without any backing from the NAACP, without anyone to post her bail, without anyone. Can you imagine a 14-year-old Pregnant girl in the deep south, in a sitting in a jail cell, surrounded by white men and women, or white men. I don't know if there were women there. I'm pretty sure there were a bunch of white men there. Though. Can you imagine how afraid she must have felt how for herself and for her unborn child? And isn't that the real courage? Here, because it took courage for her to to say, I'm not getting up, I'm not giving up my seat without any backing whatsoever. Well, dear sweet Rosa Parks, light bright and almost white, had all the backing of the NAACP. Knowing full well she wasn't going to spend more than 30 minutes in jail. Tops. Did any of us wonder why there were pictures of her being escorted off the bus? How did the newsmen get there so fast? How did they hear about this so quickly? A great story. 
the NAACP, rightly so, said, we can't use her because America won't listen. She's an unwed mother in the 1950s. That won't go well. But she is the real hero. A great story. And isn't our history so much better when you know the truth? And we have a chance of survival when you know where we make mistakes. And it doesn't come from a place of anti-Americanism either. It doesn't come from a place where of, of hatred for this country or hatred for the people of the past. That's good stuff. And I believe we're on the verge of that happening all across the country right here and right now. We're not that much different. We have a lot more in common than we have separating us. We just have to stop talking about the different parties. You know? Somehow, I joined the Marine Corps in 1979, and I was black. And in the mid to late 1980s, I come back from France, where I'm stationed at the embassy there, and lo and behold, I'm African-American. How does this happen? Think about these things, folks. We're separating ourselves. Yesterday, I played Albert Gilroy, why I am a Republican. He's a black senator from the great state of Louisiana. And folks have wanted to hear that again. So I'm going to go ahead and play it again. And then we'll come right back and we'll talk some more. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Hello, my name is Albert Lee Guillory, and I'm the senator for the 24th District right here in beautiful Louisiana. Recently, I made what many are referring to as a bold decision to switch my party affiliation to the Republican Party. I wanted to take a moment to explain why I chose to become a Republican and also to explain why I don't think it was a bold decision at all. It is the right decision, not only for me, but for all my brothers and sisters in the black community. You see, in recent history, the Democrat Party has created the illusion that their agenda and their policies are what's best for black people. Somehow it's been forgotten that the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an abolitionist movement with one simple creed, that slavery is a violation of the rights of man. Frederick Douglass called Republicans the party of freedom and progress. And the first Republican president was Abraham Lincoln, the author of the Emancipation Proclamation. It was Republicans in Congress who authored the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, giving former slaves citizenship, voting rights, and due process of law. The Democrats, on the other hand, were the party of Jim Crow. It was Democrats who defended the rights of slave owners. It was the Republican President Dwight Eisenhower who championed the Civil Rights Act of 1957. But it was the Democrats in the Senate who filibustered the bill. You see, at the heart of liberalism 
is the idea that only a great and powerful big government can be the benefactor of social justice for all Americans. But the left is only concerned with one thing, control. And they disguise this control as charity. Programs such as welfare, food stamps, these programs aren't designed to lift black Americans out of poverty. They were always intended as a mechanism for politicians to control the black community. The idea that blacks, or anyone for that matter, need the government to get ahead in life is despicable. And even more important, this idea is a failure. Our communities are just as poor as they have always been. Our schools continue to fail children. Our prisons are filled with young black men who should be at home, being fathers. Our self-initiative and our self-reliance have been sacrificed in exchange for allegiance to our overseers who control us by making us dependent on them. Sometime I wonder if the word freedom is tossed around so frequently in our society that it has become a cliché. The idea of freedom is complex and it's all-encompassing. It's the idea that the economy must remain free of government persuasion. It's the idea that the press must operate without government intrusion. And it's the idea that the emails and phone records of Americans should remain free from government search and seizure. It's the idea that parents must be the decision makers in regards to their children's education, not some government bureaucrat. But most importantly, it is the idea that the individual must be free to pursue his or her own happiness, free from government dependence and free from government control. Because to be truly free is to be reliant on no one other than the author of our destiny. These are the ideas at the core of the Republican Party, and it is why I am a Republican. So my brothers and sisters of the American community, Please join with me today in abandoning the government plantation and the party of disappointment so that we may all echo the words of one Republican leader who famously said, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Another voice has weighed in on this Senate race. Here is Louisiana State Senator Albert Guillory with his message for voters up in North Carolina. Listen. In 2008, 95% of black folk in North Carolina voted for Kay Hagan. The Democrats have created the illusion that they are the salvation of the black community. But who among us have they saved? In North Carolina, the poverty rate for blacks has risen to 34%. You see, Black people are just being used by limousine liberals who have become our new overseers. We've only traded one plantation for another. You are not Kay Hagan's cause, and you're certainly not her charity. You are just a vote. She has stepped off your backs to fame and fortune and left you behind on food stamps, deprived of the American dream. Fifty years of this so-called great society has nearly destroyed the black community. But now we have a chance to return the favor. It has come time to send Kay Hagan home. Turning us now to Kelly File exclusive, Republican Louisiana State Senator Albert, Albert Guillory. 
Democrat campaign veteran Joe Trippi is also here, but we are going to begin with the senator. Senator, good of you to be with us tonight. Thank you very much. And so already you are getting pushback on this position. I cite, uh, for example, Washington Post reporter Nia Malika Henderson, who says, focusing on food stamps and welfare and slavery imagery is common among black conservatives hoping to peel the African-American community away from their strong loyalties to the Democrats. It's a political strategy that is utterly counterproductive in actually attracting black voters. See every presidential election for the last 50 years. Your thoughts on that? When Democrats are not able to attack the veracity or the accuracy of the message, they attempt to smear the messenger or to smear the message. What I have said is absolute truth. There are people like Hagen who come to our communities every four years or every six years like uh, they they come with a, a beer in one hand and a chicken sandwich in the other they kiss us and then they go away and they don't do anything for us we don't hear from them until the next election uh, we have to stop that and this message is absolutely accurate and absolutely truthful you used to be a democrat and then you turned republican do you believe that there is a commonly held perception among the African-American community, that Democrats are better for, for blacks, for the African-American communities in this country? I think that Republicans have not done as good a job getting to communicating with the black community. Uh, Republicans will never be able to communicate with anyone that we ignore. So we have to uh, get to the black community and, and to all new voters, voters who, who we have not uh, communicated with before. And this message is an attempt to do exactly that. Do you think that there, I mean, you, you argue in the ad about limousine, limousine liberals uh, saying that black people are being used by them, that you're, you're just a vote, that, that you get left behind, stuck on food stamps. It almost impugns a, a negative motive to the Democrats. Do you, do you believe that there's an ill motive or do you believe it's just a, a lack of caring? either an ill motive or certainly an ill result. It's the same. The result is the same. The, what, what happens is that their policies have suppressed my community tremendously. In the community where I live, where I grew up, today uh, you can find young men standing around all day, uh, men half my age, able-bodied men. When I was growing up, you couldn't find a man during working hours because every man was at work. Their uh, policies have hurt our community. Those young men who receive a few dollars from the government every month will never be able to buy a home, never buy, be able to, to have a family, never send their children to college, never buy an automobile because they are stuck in this plantation, this few dollars a month that they receive from the government, and it hurts our community terribly. Senator, good of you to be here. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Great to see you tonight. Joining me now, Joe Trippi, former... Well, folks, that pretty much says it all, doesn't it? This is what the Democrats are offering black folks. A few dollars a month in exchange for their votes which will keep Democrats in power and earning millions of dollars after they leave office. That's what we're rolling with right here and now. 
We're going to cut our show show uh, short tonight. We got a lot of things going on, but we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. There's so many things you could be doing, and you chose to come in to listen to my show, and I do so appreciate it. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're out. Through early morning fog I see Visions of the things to be The pains that are withheld for me I realize and I can see That suicide is painless It brings on many changes And I can take or leave it If I please The game of life is hard to play gonna lose it anyway, the losing card I'll someday lay, so this is all I have to say. Take or leave it if I please.